0: To present one of the most important practices. Because if, if we go into the fill in, we'll go into the fill in. It is the number one indicator of the healthy church is an outward focus. So, what we'll do is we'll do all of the fill ins first and then we'll dive straight into the five practices. So, the first one is healthy, the second one is outward, the third is theme. The fourth is lost, the fifth one is our. our. the sixth is purposes, the seventh is missions, and the eighth is community. So the number one indicator of a healthy church is an outward focus. A central theme in the New Testament narrative is that the lost take a higher priority than the found. Said differently, those not in your church matter more than those that are. Are inside. For the purposes of church, health, outreach, and missions differ only in their location. Outreach is local, and mission is beyond your community. I have a statement that, that I always say before we go into the first one, that I pastor a church of 114,000 people in Elgin. Some come to the building, some don't. Some come on Sunday, but I am responsible for the community, and and that has been my model that I say it on Sundays, I communicate that because, number one, it's important that we make outreach a lifestyle rather than an event, that it is our language, it is our culture. In in our church, there, there is a sign as we come out, I'm sure it's in some of yours as well, as the people are coming out, it says that you're entering the harvest. And that's intentional because that creates culture. It's the language for people to know uh, outreach is not what the pastor does, but outreach is something that we all should do. There are five subpoints as well that is under here to, to make it a lifestyle. Number one is hearing from Jesus. I, I like to add on that a little quick, uh, really quick is hearing from Jesus isn't just hearing, but sometimes hearing from Jesus is also seeing Jesus. Seeing them in your community, what are some of the areas that I can, can fulfill? Is there a need out there that I could see Jesus operating and using our church? The second thing is seeking the kingdom. Number three is talking with people, doing good is the fourth, and ministering in prayer. Oh, Slow too down. fast. Too fast. So number, two, I'll go back to two, seeking the kingdom. Number three is talking with people, having conversations with people wherever you are. That makes it a lifestyle. Number four is doing good. So what good can I do around here? And the fifth one is ministering in prayer. Do we have all five? So hearing from Jesus, seeking the kingdom, talking with people, doing good... And ministering in prayer so you make it a lifestyle rather than an event you have anything to add on that passage
1: yeah I think uh, guys this begins I mean this begins at your own altar Uh, everyone came to Jesus through the efforts of someone and to me Pastor Abby it's the Thanksgiving that rises up in your heart yes that man why me that makes you go okay Someone brought me Jesus, Pastor Todd. I need to take him to somebody else. And, and that's not just one day a week on a corner with a track. No, I, I'm going to meet people every day. Yes. And, it's a, and if I'll let the Lord... Something that I used to say all the time to our church is that the Lord has the ability, only the Lord has the ability, to take all of our lives, and I see it like a big spider web, and create these intersections of people every day. And he orchestra, the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. And he's not just ordering your steps for your benefit. He's ordering your steps so that he'll bring you in the path of somebody that you can share the love of God with. And you got to be, you got to be on task all the time. That's a lifestyle. Can't be just an event you scheduled. Yeah, There's always an opportunity to present
0: the Lord. There's always an opportunity to, to Christ, so make it a lifestyle, not just an event. Everyone has the opportunity to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Let's go to number two.
2: Yeah, and if we are going to make it a lifestyle or make it a culture in our church and amongst our people, we want to give them opportunities. And one is this, have a serve day. Have a day where you go and people in the church or the entire church focuses its energy on serving organizations, schools, Nonprofits, low income families in their community. Um, and you can do this more than even once a year. And it's up on the screen, but I'll just read it again where the entire church focuses its energy on serving organizations, schools, nonprofits, and low income families in their community. Um, and I think this is so vital if we can talk about outreach, but outreach has never been meant to be just be something that we discuss. It's something that we're not called to be just historians and we talk about it conceptually, but this is where we become practitioners yeah. and your people will grow as they go. And so as, you, as they go out and as they rub shoulders with the loss and they go into their communities, whether it's doing something with Convoy of Hope or you partner up with something that's happening in the local schools um, in Chi Alpha, we we do this thing at the beginning of the year where we call it fall kickoff and we blitz the campus and we have a number of different outreaches we do. And we distinguish our outreaches into two separate groups. Either they are draw events, and those are events where we invite people to come and join us, where we sponsor, it, we put it together, we set up some sort of tent on campus, we cook barbecue and we say come to us, or they are go events. And that's where the school has already set some sort of um, welcome event up and we just show up to meet people or we show up to serve. In your communities, there are things being set up right now for Thanksgiving or Christmas and just say, hey, can I come to that parade? Can we bring our church and set up a hot chocolate table? That's so good. And put up a banner for your church and getting your people just out the four walls, that's where the church really comes alive. And that's where you begin to, and I know a lot of our churches, we want a younger demographic to get engaged. This is why oftentimes they disengage because they don't see the church doing things outside of the four walls. When they see it, I remember quickly, I'll say this. I remember when we partnered up with Convoy of Hope, Chi Alpha, and it was in Marquette Park, And we put the word out there and we had a number of unsaved students saying, we want to be involved with this. We want to show up. These are people who weren't coming to small group, weren't coming to large group, weren't coming to worship, but they were ready to go and serve. It's such a strategic opportunity when we set up those opportunities to
0: yeah, serve. In, in our church, we have an event that we do every year. It's all hands on deck. The church knows it's part of the culture. It's part of the vision. Uh, we normally, for this event, get about 125 volunteers to 150 wow. every every year. It didn't start that way. But when I first started, I think we had about 30 to 40 volunteers. But we made it part of our culture, made it and did it every year at the same time. And eventually it began to grow. It went from 150 showing up to that event to now over 800 to 1,000 people coming in just specifically for that outreach. So you can start small. You don't need to create this massive event. We have the idea, oh, this serve day has to be this massive event. No, create us on the, on the calendar. Create a small event, and eventually it will create traction and, and yeah. grow and have yeah. momentum. You'll be more experienced. You'll, God will reveal to you more of the needs of the community. You can add more things. But start small. Put it part of the culture of the church, and you'll see people connect to it yeah. and say, hey, I can't wait to do Hope Fest again. Yeah. I
1: can't wait to do serve day yeah. again. We uh, We we put in the first comments the number one indicator of a healthy church is an outward focus. That's absolutely true. The first thing that begins to break in a church when it becomes unhealthy is that it turns its focus inward. All right. So when you assess your church if you say you know we pretty much everything we do it's about us. That's unhealthy. Why is that? Because people want to be involved in something bigger than themselves. Right.
0: Yes, That's right.
1: And yep. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday church can become very routine. I'm not saying it's not eternally powerful in their lives, but they can very quickly acclimate to that. When you turn it out and you make it about something bigger, bigger than they've ever been involved in, my goodness, we, the, the, the impact of our family fest that we used to do, it was great for the community, but our people, they, they lined up for it. Uh, because they, they wanted to be connected to something that was reaching the community. And let me tell you, focus it outward on these serve days, huge, huge benefit. Now uh, th-
0: we'll go into the third one. The third one is create tiers of mission trips that provide multiple opportunities for people of all spiritual and financial capacities to participate in a trip. So we have international missions in our church. Mm-hmm. And we also have local missions, so we have outreach and missions. Yes. Once a year, we'll do a mission trip, either to Guatemala, to Africa, to Central American country. But every single Sunday, and this is since we started, every single Sunday, we have a mission trip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right after service, there's a group of people in our Bridge to Life ministry that go, prepare meal, and takes it out to the homeless community. So someone that wants to do international missions, they can go that once a year. You can get small groups. You can get youth groups. You can get young adults to participate in the international missions. But, but you could also create this mission inward where, hey, you know what? Once, once a week or once a month, what we're going to do is we're going to open up the church and, and we're just going to feed people. And that's going to be our mission trip. We're going to come out of our walls and we're just gonna connect with the community. So every single Sunday, there is a group of people, we rotate it, sometimes we assign ministries to it. So today, the men's ministry is gonna go. The men's director, they, they, come, they get a plan, and they send the men, the women go. And, but every single week, there's an opportunity to, for someone to connect and do that mission trip. And let me tell you that every single time a new person goes on that mission trip, whether it's international
1: or locally, They're transformed. Amen. Mm -hmm. Two things about that, Pastor Abby. Number one, you've also got people that will never be comfortable walking out on the street, but they are a great cook. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it gives them a place of ministry. Mm -hmm. Yes. And what do you do for the Lord? Man, I make the spaghetti every Sunday. All right. My mother. Uh, Yes. Amen. (laughs) All right. Uh, You know, the other thing, too, is that there is a thing among younger generations, church, that demands... A social engagement. Yeah. You see, there are hungry people in our community. I've actually had people call me and say, hey, does your church do anything to feed the hungry? Are you Mm -hmm. doing anything about the social issues in your community? Mm -hmm. These are always young people that ask that. Mm -hmm. And before they come and get engaged, they want to know that we're doing things like that. It's an awesome outreach. What you're doing is reaching to people that want to come be involved, but they don't want to be involved in a church that's not doing that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, people people are connect with that. We also have people from other groups. There's other churches that want to come and be part of that. Yeah. So if you create space for people to serve, people to connect, there are gonna be people like you said may never step into the building, but they'll go and wanna hear Jesus and wanna see Jesus in action because we're going out and on a mission. Yeah. We're doing something that's greater than what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You have but, something to add on that,
2: Pastor? Well, I would just say you mentioned like other churches. <clears throat> um, are getting on board with what you're doing, but sometimes you might not feel you have the bandwidth to, again, create these different on ramps for people to get involved, connect with what other churches are doing, and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. The same for the prior point that we just made about serve day or whatever it may be, and so there are opportunities there, and I just wanted to add that.
1: That's so good. Well, and Jeremiah says, guys, don't, don't despise the day of small beginnings. You don't have to do a trip to Guatemala. Yeah. You can do a trip to the local park. Yes. In missions is an evangelism does not have to be expensive. Uh, start yeah. small, let it build. Yeah. Uh, don't be intimidated by well, we have to be a large shirt. No, come on. It's the it's the heart. It's the it's the it's the process by which you begin to demonstrate that. And Pastor, you gotta be right there in the middle of it. Yeah. You gotta be yeah. the guy making the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and mm. kicking the ball around and, and don't don't ask Jeremy, don't don't do skateboards, you get hurt, all right? But <laughs> lead, lead in the outreach.
0: Yeah, I, I I wanna touch on something that I heard that, that really ministered to me today. It's talking about credit, going out and you know, sewing and doing mm. missions, but we want our church to get credit, and that's good. But the best credit that we can get is credibility. Yeah Going out there, showing up and just loving on people eventually develops credibility. Yeah. There are, there are people mm-hmm. that, that we serve a lot, the homeless in, in our community. Not because that was our vision. In, in, in reality, I don't nothing about homeless when I moved into the church. It was because it was a need. But we consistently did the same thing over and over without the expectation of them coming Mm -hmm. to the church. And now they begin to come to our church. Why? Because of credibility. They know, oh, that church loves me. They'll feed me. They'll be there without expecting anything in Mm -hmm. return.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And find the one that nobody else wants to do. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. You want want to double your credibility? Find the job nobody wants to do and do that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Man, that social capital is huge. And when you get it, sometimes it takes a while to get it. But when you get it, it, it pays dividends. Um, the fourth thing is you want to make missions, in particular, about relationships and faces rather than only about dollars. Now, I was talking with Pastor Abby about this and um, I've connected to, with a number of churches and I, I've not seen any church intentionally ever make missions all about the dollars. They make it about the need and the missionary and the mission field that they are called to. But this is not so much minister facing, this is more people facing your congregation. And they sometimes, depending on how we, what we emphasize, they sometimes see it in a one dimensional way. Like, hey, I've given my dollars to missions, so my involvement is over. And I would say that we want to continuously Um, create multifaceted ways and also presentations of what missions is to our congregation so that they can engage on a more rich and deeper level. Um, I'll just speak for Chi Alpha. One thing that we're right now planning to go this coming spring to three different destinations. We're going to go to um, Belgium, Colombia, and Japan. Three different trips um, from um, across the city. And uh, not everybody can go. But we, in Chi Alpha, we say that everyone, every student goes before they graduate, every student goes, every student gives, every student prays, every student welcomes, and we say that a lot. We say it so much, they may get tired of hearing it, but we continue to say it, and again, creating culture, I think it's important that we use that kind of language. Um, but that, um, my point is that it's not just about them giving, it's also about them going. It's also about them praying. And so, Pastor Abby, you were talking about how you've noticed a trend, yes. especially since the pandemic. You want to speak Yes. A-
0: after 2020, um, coming in now, and I, I know a lot of us have faced this, uh, specifically in my church. I'll talk about my church. I've noticed that the giving has gone up, but the volunteerism has gone down. Mm. That people are okay with giving their money, but not giving their time. So there's this trend that's happening. I'm like, you know, the money's good. I mean, I'm not going to complain about that. No pastor here would complain about that. But, but just to come alongside you, just to pray with you, you might not be able to give, but just to come alongside you also communicates, hey, man, you know, I got a friend. I got somebody that's willing to buy in and just be there. May not be able to offer financially, but is supporting me by just providing presence. There's power in presence. So I've noticed this trend where giving has come up, but volunteerism has come is going down.
1: Guys, when I when I mm-hmm. pinned this this best practice, um, I was thinking about our involvement years ago when I first began to begin to pastor. Uh, I was a speedlight fundraiser through being the district youth director, and in in that role, it was a, certainly there were relationships, but it was really about let's raise as much money as we can to buy as many vehicles as we can for as many missionaries as we can. And when I began to pastor, I began to want to do missions differently. And so I contacted a friend, asked for a place where we could make a meaningful impact. And that was my first exposure to Panama. Over the years, I began to take people, and I began to notice something, that the people that began to know who, who, who those children and those families, missions became a whole different thing for them. And when we began to infuse that in the church, we eventually took on child sponsorship where we would make our own through Latin American child care, but, but we would, we would have people sponsor a child and then, and you can't do this in every instance. And then they would go meet that child. That's beautiful. Yes. Oh my goodness. Now it's a yes. whole. And so when we would talk about our missionaries in Panama or, and you know, a rising, rising tide floats all ships yeah. so that when we would then talk about missions, missions wasn't about a dollar that they gave. It was about faces, even yeah. if they hadn't met them. There are people that don't know Jesus. There are missionaries that I've not met, but they're real people. And it took it from sort of what you said, Pastor Todd, where it was no longer just a me funding someone else's yeah. work. Mm-hmm. It, it, it became people. It became mm-hmm. a mandate yeah. from the Lord. Yeah. And so whatever you can do by having the missionaries in, bringing, uh, bringing relational connections to what your missionaries are doing uh, it, it will instantly touch your people's hearts because it, it, it needs to be something about more than giving. It needs to be a relational connection. Yes. Yeah.
2: And I think that's also why a lot of churches strive for this. But I want to encourage the churches to continue to fight for those longstanding repeat trips. Because um, when we do the one-offs, uh, sometimes circumstantially, that's just how it has to be. Mm-hmm but it's those long-standing relationships where it benefits everybody involved and it really helps with this fourth point yeah. right here. Mm-hmm. Good. Our last um, um, practice that we want to share, number five, is to highlight regularly. connect so much to the one we just did. Highlight regularly, at least monthly, how people's giving and participation is making a difference. And even sometimes send people to do an in-person Report When they go and visit that mission field or whatever it may be. I think the way I would just put this and encourage us is, um, first, let me back up. When I was on staff with the ministry, um, Calvary Campus Church in Carbondale, Illinois, and I was also part of the Kiafa group there, they constantly... Um, whenever someone would send a newsletter, they would put it out in a prominent place for us to look at it. Um, at the Monday night prayer meeting, they would read one of the newsletters so that we can hear about it. They would have missionaries um, come in and, and, and give reports. Um, back then, there weren't a lot of videos, but you can do that easily now. Just get somebody to get on their phone and do a quick video and send it in. But here's the, here's the point. The values that we celebrate are the values that will be imparted. So good. And so if we don't celebrate these wins, we say, man, this is our win. This is, this is part of our, our mission. This is part of our value. But it's not being celebrated. Then it's not really being imparted. Yeah.
0: Uh, what we used to do at our church, and, and it was very effective, is that every Sunday, oh, not every Sunday, once a month, on a Sunday, we would put on, on the screens two things. Number one, how it's called the More Offering, how much people gave towards mission. And we would celebrate it. And there was a month where we were celebrating $53 for the church, and we were excited about it. Why? That generates that culture. Hey, no matter what, $53, God provided $53. We can do better, but God provided $53. And then we highlighted certain areas of what God did with those $53 or with the more offerings. And, And people would say, man, I want to buy into that. I would love to continue to participate. So we did that once a month on a Sunday. We called it the more offering. It's going above and beyond It's showing the mission. So people buy in and they see how much they're given yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, Pastor Abby, as we wrap this up, a great deal that some of you were able to attend. Uh, Pastor Phil and I, Pastor Ron, a number of you attended the Generosity Accelerator. I was up at, uh, at Victory Church in Joliet, Joliet First. And if you have not yet checked out the Generosity Accelerator, it's a, it's, a, it's a movement that the Assemblies of God is uh, embracing because of the impact that it's making in the area of missions primarily, but it's a way of teaching your people about stewardship, and it, it really simplifies it, and it began in Rob Kerling's church there in Minneapolis, and it has exploded in generous giving. So if you haven't checked it out, check out the Generosity Accelerator. Uh, it'll, be worth, it'll be worth your time to investigate it. It's great. Guys, anything else?
0: I think that's it. We're going to
1: have Guys, you have questions? That one right here, Joel. Oh, yeah.
2: Hey, I, I want to say uh, the the different events that you were talking about, the draw and then the go events, we've seen amazing things from that um, when we started to do more of the go that affected our draw. Yeah. So we got, just for practical things, we got involved with the Chamber of Commerce in our area. It's very, very strong. And we just said, well, how can we help out? What do you need volunteer-wise? We all wore our shirts. Our shirts were nice. Pastor Phil, sorry. Um, but, you know, we all wore our shirts for our, our church and everything. and. Uh, after that, all of our draw events have been way bigger than it's ever been. So, so uh, it, this stuff, yo, it all works. Okay, yeah, so just, listen to all of it. It's awesome. good. good stuff. I would also just mention as we wait for a question that, again, I'm not making any assumptions here, but I, I want us to know and be reminded that when we talk about outreach or missions, that this is not... A surplus, bonus, extra that we do for God—it is—it is part of our mandate. It is part of our command. It is part of our calling, and, um, and 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 so if if it is something that is mandated, I want to also speak to when you talk about missions. One missiologist put it like this: that the purpose of the church being here is to fulfill the mission of God, and the mission of God preceded the church. Mm. He's from from day one. He's been sending and seeking from creation. And so um, the church is here for the mission of God and is not vice versa. And so I think it's something, again, not to assume, but to remind us that this is something that God has called us to. And he's also empowered us to do it. And we can start small and we can start small. Everything we need is in the house for us to go and do the outreach that God has called us to.
1: Amen. Excellent. Any other questions? Well, guys, you have been an amazing, uh, amazingly patient audience. Come on, can you express your thoughts to Pastor Abby and Pastor Todd Lucas?